Welcome to That's Agritastic, the show that celebrates agriculture across the country. I'm Pete Emmons, your host. Today, our topic is saluting national FFA officers. Joining me today is my very special guest. It's Marion Huffman, Eastern Region Vice President of the National FFA Officers. Hey, Marion, welcome. It's great to be here, Mr. Emmons. You can just call me Pete. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> all righty. Yeah, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to really give us the inside scoop of what's going on with the National Officers Program. But before we really get into that, you know, I went through your profile and your background, and it's extremely interesting. So we want to take a few minutes and kind of do some profiling on, on your background here, share a little bit about your hindsight. Now, I understand you come from a very small town. I have to be honest, I've never heard of Irville, Illinois before. Most Where people haven't. Where is it? <laughs> yeah, so it's a very small town, just a couple hours west of Chicago in the north central part of Illinois. There's flat cornfields surrounding the whole town. <laughs> All righty, there you go. So it's really known for agriculture is what you're saying. Yes, sir. Gotcha. Okay, and you went to Earlville High School. And yes, your dad, you, you grew up on a livestock farm, correct? Yes, okay, sir. So mostly, dairy <laughs> mostly dairy. Was it mostly yeah. dairy? Uh, yep. Holsteins? Uh, no, we had milking shorthorns. We still have <laughs> milking shorthorns and Dutch belted. Uh, how big of an operation? How many? Uh, Pretty small. So a little bit of backstory on that. My parents milked about 100 head um, up until right around 1997. Uh, we actually got dropped from the milk route. That was before I was even born. But we still kept some of the cattle. Right now we have probably about 40 head breeding age because we sell genetics across the country. So we were still able to keep the cattle even though we aren't selling milk anymore. That's, that's perfect. And I know you probably had a lot of memorable moments growing up early on. So what is there one that stands out at a very young age? It's something that your dad had you do as far as a farm chore? Yeah, one of my favorite things to do working with cattle is halter breaking heifers. And I remember the first time that, that I tried to teach a heifer how to lead. I was probably four or five years old and I hadn't quite understood the concept of not letting go um, as soon as the cow starts to move. <laughs> and uh -oh. so I remember being drug around the barn by this heifer, but gradually I, I gained my footing and I, I learned how to really make cows like me before I try to make them do something. And so just building that relationship with cows has actually helped me build relationships with people. <laughs> there you go. I've never heard that twist before, but I can understand that too, with all the work that you were doing with the dairy cows too. So perfect. Now you got into high school you weren't at that time really into the FFA movement, but I understand that your dad was involved at one point and was your sister an FFA member too before you? Yes, she was. And she really was the one that encouraged me to join. And my hesitation was just because I didn't want to do everything my sister did. I was always kind of felt like I was living in her shadow. So I kind of wanted to be different, but she really encouraged me to join. And I'm so glad that I did. And our chapter actually rechartered a year before I joined. And so she was the first chapter president since uh, the chapter had closed in the seventies. So she had a big influence in getting the program back up and running. Well, it seems to me that FFA was really in the genes. It was just meant to be. It was going to happen. It was just a question of, of when it was going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> so how big was your chapter in high school? We had usually, um, we started out with 15 members, I believe, the very first year, but we were up to about 75 to 100, depending on the year by the time I graduated. Okay. Now, did the chapter achieve any special recognition? Uh, did it become a gold star chapter? 
We were working on that. <laughs> the first couple okay. of years, we, we didn't do the entire national chapter award application, but the first year we did it, we got some bronze, uh, but then we moved up to silver. And then I think by the time we graduated, we had one area that we had a gold in, but we were making our way up. <laughs> there you go. That's a hard bar to achieve for sure. But the fact that you can get a bronze, that's outstanding. Now, how, what about your personal involvement? Were you, did you take part in a lot of the proficiency type activities? Yes, I did. I My advisor encouraged me just sign up for everything and find out what you like. Once you do a contest once, you don't have to keep doing it, but you got to find out if you would like it. So I did soil judging. I did a lot of livestock judging. The public speaking CDEs and LDEs were a lot of fun. Creed speaking is, is always my favorite. And I also did a lot of prepared public speaking. And then with proficiency awards, I did interviews with my record books with the dairy cattle. Made it to state a couple times. Never won state, but it was still a really good experience. And you had a quote unquote, a defining moment in your FFA involvement in high school, which, which related to going to a, a special leadership camp. Yeah, I've had quite a few defining moments, but the first year that I went to leadership camp, I remember sitting on the bus ride down to the campsite. I remember thinking, why on earth did I sign up for this? I'm gonna have to show up. I'm gonna have to meet new people. I'm gonna have to play games. I was really, really shy. Like I did not like social interaction at the beginning of my high school career, but it was there that I made a really good connection um, with someone from like four hours away across the state, but we made a really good friendship. And that's kind of the FFA to me, it, it's about people. And I started to realize that as I started to build those relationships. And so it's, it's friends like Lexi um, that have inspired me to, to keep moving forward and to keep building relationships with more people. And the other thing uh, going through looking at your very engaging video that you produced there was that it seemed to me like it really allowed you to come out of your shell because yeah. uh, I read something that you were very shy going into high school. I find that hard to believe now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I How I like to think about it is that FFA didn't make me who I am, but it gave me a place to become who I was meant to be just by building just that framework of participating in contests and going to new events and meeting new people who then encouraged me to continue to step out. And the thing about getting out of your comfort zone is you can't just like do it once and then say, okay, I got out of my comfort zone once. I'm good to go. Like you have to keep doing it and keep taking it to the next level and taking the next step. Never be satisfied with where you're at. Exactly. After after high school, you did you go right away to the junior college? Yes, I went to Illinois Valley Community College and then transferred to Southern Illinois University once I got my associates. Did you know when you left high school that you definitely wanted to get into an ag career? Was that definitely in the cards to begin with? Absolutely. I'm still not sure exactly what direction I want to go with it, but I know that I want to work with the people who are producing our food and fiber. Perfect. And that's certainly a recession-proof uh, occupation. It's, it's a real need right now with everything going on, and it's not going to go away anytime soon either. That's for sure. So you, went, you finally got to Southern Illinois University. You became a very, you're very involved. Uh, you're a junior now, is that right? Yeah, I just finished the first semester of my junior year, and now we're taking off this, this year, these two semesters, and then I'll be back for three more semesters to get my bachelor's very involved in a variety of, of interesting activities. The one that I saw was really uh, engaging was that you're involved, you've been involved in a state advisory council for the College of Agriculture. Yes, yes, the Student Advisory Council, and that's simply, we have a lot of different um, student RSOs, registered student organizations within the College of Agriculture, and the Student Advisory Council is kind of the overseeing officer team that manages all of those different clubs within the College of Ag, 
And the big, the big responsibility of that team is usually to put on, we call our all ag banquet in the spring. But since I was only there in the fall semester and with things with the pandemic, not sure if that's even gonna happen, but we still put on a couple Zoom roundtables for students to have conversations about different things that we're going through with, with our College of Agriculture. And we just had a reorganization. So just getting the student voice was a big part of, of my responsibility on that team. Creating a, an ex expanded platform on anything related to ag. Yes. Well, right now we do wanna take a moment to salute all of our show sponsors that are making our program a possible today, Miriam. That would be Liberty National Bank of Marysville, Ohio, Utsi's Farm Market of Plain City, Ohio, and Culver's Restaurant of Marysville, Ohio. You'll find great products and services at all of our show partners. Well, we'll continue now with our conversation with Marion Huffman, who is the Eastern Region Vice President of the National FFA Officers. Now, Miriam, you also became involved statewide in the FFA program. When did that happen? I, I believe so strongly in Illinois FFA. There's so many good people on the staff um, and all, all the people that I've met there. And so I, I just love talking about Illinois. Um, but I got involved first off. So how our state officer team is structured is we have five major state officers that take the year off of school to serve. And then we have 25 different section presidents. Our state is split up into 25 sections. And so I was elected to serve as section president my senior year of high school. So I was working with my own section with the 10 or 12 schools there. But then I was also working with the state so I was a group leader at leadership camp, different conferences like that. So that was the beginning of that involvement. And then I chose to run for major state office once I finished my section president year. And I was fortunate enough to be elected onto that team. And then from that point, things got a lot bigger. And you decided that you wanted a leadership role on a national level. Yes. So how did that happen? Yeah, so it, it took me two years. I, I ran um, right after I retired from state office. I ran for national office and did not get elected. And that has turned into, I, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And that was one of those things that really solidified that for me that a couple months after convention, I realized, yep, like this was not the year for me to serve. Um, but then I decided to come back and run again. And ultimately that decision just came down to me realizing that I still had something left to give and what I had to give was unique and different from what any other candidate had to give and that didn't mean that I should get elected. It just meant that I felt it was my duty to offer that up to the nominating committee if they would so choose me to be elected. And eventually you were elected at the uh, convention, the virtual convention last October. <laughs> and you have a, a claim to fame in the state of Illinois in that you were the first person elected to a national officer position in 13 years. It's, so there you go. Yeah, it's <laughs> a bit of a stretch. <laughs> okay, so ordinarily, uh, you do a lot of travel uh, with this. I saw something like 300 days of the year, you're traveling all over the country, interacting with the, with the local chapters, talking to businesses. Uh, elaborate a little bit more on major responsibilities of the officers. The purpose of the national officer team is simply just to serve as the face of the student membership of the organization. And so we do that in a variety of ways. We interface with FFA members a lot. And even though we're not traveling to different states right now, we've already had some interactions through Zoom with some different students. And next week, we're actually gearing up for a, a whole week long experience where we'll be doing three or four workshops and speeches a day with students from all different states across the country. So we really get to meet even more students than we would if we were traveling. Uh, but then another role that we have 
have is serving on the National FFA Board of Directors. Um, we, the six of us serve as the student voice there. And then we also do a lot of interacting with our corporate sponsors and those who donate to the National FFA Foundation, just reminding them of the impact that their gifts have on our organization and our members. And then we also do some advocacy. Um, we're gearing up for a week of virtual visits with legislators in Washington, DC. With all of those functions, I don't know when you sleep, um, but I have to. But I have to ask you: Do you have a, a favorite function of all of those? Is it the actual interaction with meeting the, the FFA chapters? Um, it's kind of an even split for me, actually. I love interacting with students, but I also am really, really passionate about the industry. And so anytime I get a chance to meet with an, an expert, a professional in the agriculture industry, I love just talking about future trends and what's happening in agriculture right now and how we can work together to build a better future for agriculture. Perfect. So that kind of relates to what your, your personal and professional goal would be in terms of being an officer right now. Oh. That, that kind of ties into that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like the, the personal goal of, of being an officer is I believe like my purpose in life is to love people well. And I see the FFA is one avenue to do that on the personal side, but then on the professional side, absolutely wanting to go into agriculture. Don't know exactly where yet, but I want to be somewhere that's that's building things for the future and that's innovating in really creative ways. And so both of those just align just about right with this position. And as you go through the your role in meeting all these uh different ag businesses and organizations, and you're seeing the whole scope of possibilities in terms of career, that certainly has to really help you immensely in your growth and in your decision-making. Absolutely. I love getting different perspectives and talking to different people. And I kind of have this way, the way that I look at the world is, is pretty unique, but I like to make connections between a lot of different things that people wouldn't normally make connections between. And so interfacing with so many different people is just, it's, it really energizes me and gets me excited about the future of agriculture. You are definitely out of the box and that moves <laughs> things forward and never, never get locked into that box ever. You don't want to do that. And so the other thing is, I imagine that you probably have caught a severe case of zoomitis this past year. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a process getting used to it, but I found that there's there's still a way to to communicate the passion and energy that we have for the FFA and with students. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had our first opportunity to interact with students virtually. And as, as different as it is, there's so many things that are still the same. And it just, it filled my cup to be spending time in the, in the virtual presence of, of, of students like me who are so passionate about the FFA. Perfect. The FFA platform, really, there's a couple of really focus areas uh, and everything that you do revolves around these areas. I know it's leadership. It's always been leadership, uh, inclusion, diversity, and equity, and sustainability. Just a little more on those platforms. Yes, so these are kind of the three main pillars uh, moving forward of, of what FFA is focusing on right now and that that all kind of fits within, you know, our mission, our vision statement of, of providing the next generation of leaders who will change the world and, and developing um, students potential for career success and personal growth and career leadership, all those things kind of fit together um, in this model. And we do that all through agricultural education. And so we look at these three main focuses moving forward leadership. You're right. This is the foundation of our organization. Um, when, when those farm boys came together um, almost a hundred years ago now, and they decided they wanted to learn those leadership skills. And so we just want to keep building on that. How do we provide leaders who are, who are equipped 
for the future and for things move really fast now with technology, our innovations are moving faster. And so equipping our students with the tools and, and the skills necessary to be able to be the future leaders of the agriculture industry. And then when we look at inclusion, diversity and equity, we're just looking at how do we continue to build a space where any person, any individual feels like the FFA is a place that they can belong, that they can add value to and then they can get value from. And sustainability, this is one that I'm personally pretty passionate about um, because I, I interned with a soil health company last summer out in Iowa and my family has always really focused on this on our farm, but we're looking at how can we be the most efficient as we're producing food and how can we just incorporate all this innovation when we look at technology. How can we use that to continue to improve our sustainability and be really conscious of, of how our farming practices, how we how the food system is affecting the environment and, and finding ways to, to cooperate with different groups and with different people and, and how can we just bring all those solutions together. So that's something I'm personally really passionate about and we just had our um, a virtual conference focused on production agriculture about a month ago um, called the Horizon Conference and sustainability was a big focus there hearing from different corporations in agriculture, that's a big focus for them as well. That's a huge platform there uh, too. So uh, that's that's great in terms of the direction you're going and really building the future ag leaders, which has always been a central theme with the leadership part and sustainability right now. When you look at percentage of people in ag industry and the needs that we have with our expanding population and everything going on worldwide, that's not gonna go away. So I think your platform is extremely solid, certainly with that. Well, I know that we could continue. We could talk probably for easily a couple more hours on all of your experiences uh, personally and as an officer and, and the great work that you're doing. But unfortunately, that clock is ticking. If I could stop it right now, I would do that. But I can't. <laughs> I, I haven't figured out that part of it yet. But a um, couple more things here as we wrap down. First of all, what's on your plate after you are done being an officer? What's on your plate after that? So I've got three more semesters of college at Southern Illinois University, Carbondale, finish up my bachelor's in agribusiness economics. And then from there, I don't know exactly where I'm going to go, but I know I want to be somewhere where, where I'm helping to empower farmers and consumers to make decisions that, that are beneficial for themselves and their families and their communities and ultimately our entire world. And I'm also definitely going to get involved again um, in, in that student advisory council for, for the College of Ag and getting involved in other. I tried to tried to keep keep my plate pretty, pretty small um, since I was running for national office at the same time, but I want to dive in to some more opportunities there at school to give back and then hopefully get an internship um, in that last summer before I graduate and see where we go from there. You've got a very extensive roadmap and I know with all of your drive and passion that you will achieve that for sure. Got some oh, good people. <laughs> there you go. Hey, if there's, there's a potential out there, I know there's potential uh, participants that could step into leadership roles on the state level, on the local level, on the state level. In fact, even in the national officer role, such as yourself, what's, what's the word for you to those people? <laughs> the biggest thing that I've learned throughout my time serving as an officer in the FFA is that it's about people. And the title is just one way that we can serve people. And so if, if you're thinking about, you know, wh what kind of person do you want to be? What do you want to be known for? And you want to be known as someone who serves people and who uses their talents for the good of others, then an officer position is, is probably something you want to pursue. But at the same time, 
it's not the only way that you can live out that purpose. And so pursue those opportunities. But I've had so many mentors tell me that when you run for an office, the decision that happens whether you get elected or not, it's it's not a definition of your value, but it's just giving you a direction of where to go next. And so pursue those officer positions, absolutely, but build relationships along the way and, and always remember that it's about the people that you serve. There are diverse opportunities at any level of the organization. Now, there's tons of ways, and I've had great conversations with Christy Meyer, communications manager, and Michelle Sullivan, uh, the community team leader of senior engagement, uh, on ways that the community can support, one or two ways that the community can support the efforts of your national officer team and what you're yeah, doing. So so communities, if, if there's an FFA chapter in your community, support that. If there's an alumni chapter, get involved in that. You don't have to be a past member of FFA to be a part of the alumni and supporters, but get to that local chapter. And if you don't have a local chapter or if you want to support all the way up to the national level, the National FFA Foundation is a great place to donate. Actually, just this week, uh, my teammates and I were calling up every single individual who has donated to the foundation and giving them a personal thank you from us because that really means so much. But monetarily is a big way to support, but then also just following us on social media, reposting things, just sharing the message of FFA and the impact that it has on students does a lot for us. Being ambassadors at the local level. It's yes, a sir. domino effect because it engages the entire community and, and helps the community understand there's a lot more to FFA than just those folks who run around with those blue jackets on, right? There's a complete platform of, of really important things going on here. Well, Marion, put out a couple of the uh, social media sites for you for people who want more information. Yes, yeah, so National FFA is on just about all the social media sites that there is. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, um, we're on LinkedIn as just at National FFA or National FFA organization. You just search us and you'll find us. And then for me personally, um, each of us officers, we have our own Instagram and Facebook accounts. Me, it's NFFA EVP. And so we're always posting updates of what members are doing, what we're doing here in the center and the efforts that, that we're moving forward. And each of us kind of has our own little special niche um, that we're promoting this year. So follow us there, stay engaged, and, and help us spread the message. Excellent. Marion, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your ultra busy schedule to be our very special guest on our program this morning and wish you the very best as you continue throughout the course of the year in your role and also in your personal and professional goals as well. And do keep us in the loop as to what's going on with the officer team. We'd like to have a direct link in terms of that pulse to really hear that inside story. You've given us some great practical information today. Again, thank you so much. Stay warm and have a great day. And we look forward to talking to you again, Miriam. Thanks so much, Pete. It's been a pleasure. Miriam Hoffman, the Eastern United States Vice President of the National FFA Officers, has been our very special guest here today. Well, join us again in two weeks as we continue saluting the FFA. And before we leave, we do want to, again, do a final shout out to all of our show partners that are making our program work here today. Liberty National Bank of Marysville, Ohio, offering great rates and services for ag, residential, and commercial customers, along with outstanding customer service. Go to myliberty.bank officer of Marysville. Culver's Restaurant of Marysville, Ohio, offering seasonal favorites right now. Walleye and those cod value baskets and butter burgers. Boy, I am getting hungry as I say that right now. Nothing like a great fresh butter burger. They have those fresh daily custard shakes and floats. They are open 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. For complete menu, go to culvers.com slash restaurant slash Marysville. 
Ohio. Well, welcome to Delicious and Hutsey's Farm Market of Plain City, Ohio. It is your one-stop shop for the very best in Amish cheeses, deli meats, fresh produce, and more. Check them out at hutsey'sfarmmarket.com and on Facebook. Hutsey's Farm Market, it is worth the drive. Well, join us again, as I said, in two weeks for the very next show. Until then, this is Pete Emmons saying, make it an agritastic week. Okay. <laughs> Stop. You did a great, great job. <laughs> what, what is it now? I